You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. And I'm joined here, as always, as has been the deal all season long with my co-host, Angie. How you doing, Hi. Angie? Well, we were talking before we li- went live. I'm emotional. Like, I don't know why. Obviously, like, this loss was hard on us. Uh, just a lot of reflection. Like, very thankful for what we started this season. Um, we We talked about every single game together. And now it's, you know, the last time we're talking about a game this season. So, just like... Very happy to be here. Happy to to know that we're having fun with this, and but not looking forward to talking about this game because that was that was rough. I just watched some yeah. more highlights just to to refresh my brain, and it still is very raw and fresh um, in my mind. So let's get into it, man. <laughs> let's let's get into it and before we get into it though I just want to say yes like the the loss obviously was very difficult to to process and we're still processing a bit um, but if there's anything that me and Angie could do to like make it better we're going to try to do that in this episode we're going to be positive vibes and you know yeah. just yeah, as we've been all season, right? For the most part, Seriously, I think. Right. Don't listen no. to the first few episodes of the season. We were kind of negative. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, since then, you know, we're, we're just going to try to keep it positive. But before we keep it positive, Angie, you have a This Week in 49ers history. Take us a back. A tidbit. First, I do want to say to you, Steph, my co-host, happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day. It's today, February 2nd. And we got a lot of shout outs on Twitter today, which was just so that like, was why, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was why. It just warms <laughs> my heart. Um, so that's that's this day and uh, forever history. We should celebrate women in sports every single day, though. You guys know the drill. And I think everyone that listens to us is really good at doing that. Uh, but to get into our tidbit this week, uh, you guys are all familiar with this one, but I thought it was kind of relevant uh, two years ago today, February 2nd, 2020, the 49ers lost Super Bowl live. <laughs> I like to call it that. Um, to the Kansas City Chiefs, 31 to 20. I like to call it that because I'm not fast enough to remember what number that is in Roman numerals. Right, but right. Live. Um, uh, so as you know, Kansas City scored three touchdowns in the final six minutes of the game to overcome a double-digit deficit. So little... Well, deja vu, I don't know, not quite the same situation, but uh, yeah, we we know this feeling all too well now, it seems. Um, before the game, jumping out of history, going straight into news before the game, uh, we had a prayer circle going for Trent Williams. We all wanted and needed him in this game. He was dealing with a high ankle sprain, um, you know, shows up in LA and basically by game day is like, I'm ready to go. Uh, so he was in the game um Steph what were your thoughts about Trent uh do you think that he was a game changer being able to play or I mean you hit the nail on the head we all wanted Trent Williams to go we we were feeling like we couldn't go into this game without him as fans even though they did uh win without him in week 18 this is a playoff game you have to have him out there so 
a lot of people after the game, after his performance, which was not his best by any means, um, he gave up five pressures compared to his 18 that he had given up, you know, in the other 19 games this season. Um, and, and so in hindsight, a lot of people were saying, well, should they have kept him out? And this is my favorite thing about fans is they, it's so easy for us to think in hindsight, you know, and um, when in reality, we all wanted him to go. So it's not fair to then just, you know, switch it up and and say that he shouldn't have been out there. I mean, Trent Williams, like all pro, even like I I'd probably take a hurt Trent Williams over a lot of offensive linemen that are out there. And, you know, I really feel no different. Um, also, it being such a big game, he wanted to be out there. Yeah. You're not just going to keep him out, you know. If he can go, first, he's going to go. Yeah, it was his first championship game. Like, how are you going right. to – if there's any chance of him playing, how are you going to tell him no? And, yeah, exactly like you said, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's my favorite thing about – that's really – has – I've realized that over the course of this podcast is like, it's so easy yeah. to talk about things when, you know, of course, when you know what the outcome was, you're always going to want to change it. So, right. um, you know, I think that the Rams played an exceptional game against us. I don't think it's a knock on Trent Williams. Um, so I completely agree with you. We all wanted him out there. Yeah, exactly. So I, would you agree then that, you know, you, you think it was fine that he played? Yes. Yeah. I would have been pissed if he wasn't playing like, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I would have been yeah. a, not pissed. I would have been sad. Um, but you know, it is, it's, you'll never know what the outcome would have been if someone else were in his, his place. Like you said, they won week 18. Exactly. I can't remember who slipped into his spot, um, in week 18, but <laughs> they lost. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Right. They Season's lost. over. Turn off the podcast. <laughs> Doesn't matter. What are we even doing here, man? (laughs) All right. But, um, yeah, we got to talk about this game, the entirety of it. The 49ers did lose to the Rams 17-10. And like you said, the Rams played a great game. Still, the 49ers could have won. You know, that's always going to be the sentiment, right, as a fan. You always say, you know, what if, could have, would have, should have. And, and all these other things. So one, and there's always a, a few plays that people kind of get fixed on. And, and one of those plays in this game being Jaquaski Tart's dropped interception um, pretty much. And at first, before I say anything, I want to get your thoughts on what you thought about um, that drop. <sighs> it... <laughs> I just watched it again for the second time and Seth, I swear to God, like tears welled up in my eyes. I think initially the, the first time, obviously watching it live, you know, the, the shock hits you and you're upset and, you know, but let's see how the rest of the game plays out. But, you know, when you watch it the second time and you know what the outcome of the game is and you see how big of an opportunity that was for the 49ers, because as we know, the Rams, charged downfield and were able to tie the game right after that. So it's just, 
It was heartbreaking. It's really hard to say if it would have changed the outcome of the game is where I think I differ from a lot of people because let's be honest, this offense wasn't doing much. I mean, granted they were winning, but this, this isn't a high scoring offense. Um, it was having plenty of struggles on Sunday. So who's to say that the Niners wouldn't have gone back out, gone three and out, and then the, the Rams come back and tie it anyway. Maybe it's a different, maybe we go to overtime. Uh, maybe they don't kick that field goal at the end of the game, but I don't, it's hard to say if it would have been any different if it hadn't happened, but it doesn't make it hurt any less because there's always the what if. And the other part that was just devastating to me is how hard, you know, Tart took it at the moment, probably still is taking it. You know, when you get on social media and make an apology to fans, like how badly are you hurting and how much do you feel like you've let the fans and the team down to go to feel like you have to make a statement he didn't have to do that. It's, it's sports. Like that kind of thing happens all the time. And to see him, you know, laying on the ground after that, almost like he was injured and, you know, his teammates trying to get him up off the ground. It was just like, just a it was just a devastating loss because you could tell how much it, every little moment meant to them and how badly they wanted to win. And that was just a prime example of it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, um, I mean, Cause I was at the game, right, and like seeing, oh, yeah, I the, forgot. <laughs> seeing the ball like heading right into his arms, we were already cheering. There was no one that close to him, and so like you can see, it was like, okay, he's catching this ball. Like everyone was already cheering, and then like instant Silence. deflation of like what? Like he he didn't catch that, and I remember like my immediate thought was that's fuck. That's like a game changing play. Like I. Like, that could have changed everything. And I don't say that because, you know, like, I think you made a great point about, yes, the offense wasn't playing all that great. So we don't know what would have happened to the offense had that play happened, right? Had he he made the interception, they got the ball back. But what I I could say is that the Rams would probably not have scored. They wouldn't have scored on that drive. Right, right. And that's it. And and that already increases your chances of winning 100%. exponentially. Also, it wasn't it wasn't just the dropped interception that was bad. Which, by the way, like I I totally appreciate. And I immediately felt bad um, for Tart because, like like you said, I, I knew how bad he must have felt that he didn't get that. Um, and yes, he he's just been nothing but a, a true professional about the whole thing. Even like post game talking about mm-hmm. it, like he owned up to it. You know, he apologized, and yes, yeah, so you can you can tell he he really felt terrible. Um, but really, for me, it was the plays that happened immediately after that that were the big game changers. So really, it was the sequence. It started a sequence. Um, yes. Momentum. And a, a, a domino effect. The next play was a the 30-yard completion to OBJ, which included the 15-yard penalty. You gave up 40 yards or more, like half the field, on, on basically one play after that. In two that. seconds. <laughs> and, and, of course, as, as you know, I, I wouldn't say this was the Rams' best game, but at the same time, their offense was efficient enough to score and certainly – in a position where they had to score, um, you know, being being down in the fourth quarter, you know, they did what they needed to do. 
And so really, yeah. yeah, I, you know, I can't fault Tart for his one individual miss, but like what happened after that, of course, like I, it, it, it stings. It stings a little for sure. It was so bad because it literally, he caught it, you know, yeah, like yeah. it wasn't yeah. off his hands. He caught it and it just came out, which was insane. And I don't know if we were planning on talking about it, but I did want to throw out one more moment of the game that I thought was seemingly like not a big deal, but in retrospect, you know, it was a big deal. Special teams did a great job at putting the Rams on the three yard line um, when Sherfield jumped into the end zone and threw the ball oh, yeah. back and got us down at the three and play. defense allowed them to drive 97 yards down the field and score on, on that amazing play by special teams who God damn, if they didn't step up their game in playoffs and play their heart out. So that was really upsetting to me um, watching that back and just, you know, realizing how big of a play that was and how it was wasted. But again, the the Rams offense is, is no joke. So I can't fault the defense. They allowed this potent offense 20 points. We should be able to score more than that. But anyway, if we're, we're talking about moments that stood out, that was just another one to me. Another moment that, that stood out and certainly was criticized by fans and, and, you know, even some media members after the game was Kyle Shanahan's decision to not go for it on fourth and two in the fourth quarter on the Rams 45. No less. Um, in the post, sorry, not in the post game presser, but in the presser yesterday, yes. you know, season, end of season, yeah. end of season uh, presser, Kyle Shanahan did kind of explain, you know, what led to that and ultimately why he didn't go for it. His thought going into it was if it was fourth and one, they would have gone for it. But beca- because they lost a yard, it became fourth and two and you know, he, Which he decided is, not to go for it. That's pretty much the answer that he gives every single time someone asks him this. He always <laughs> says, well, if it would have been a little bit closer, I would have gone for it pretty much. Is yeah. Literally, like, I'm not even making that up. That's basically what he says every yeah, single it time. Yeah, it has a happened before, right? Where it's like, it's, it's fourth and something. And he's like, yeah. no. Um, well, which, <laughs> I wonder why that is, though. And it begs the question like is he not aggressive enough um and especially in the fourth quarter he now has a history of this that you can point to you know that has led to losses or like fourth quarter collapses so do you did you have any issue with not going for it on fourth and two and what are your thoughts on you know Kyle Shanahan not being aggressive enough. I did not have a problem with him not going for it on fourth and two. Um, you know, like he said, they were ahead at the time. And I think he was more comfortable punting it and putting the Rams in that field position rather than turning the ball over on downs, which completely makes right. sense. You're talking about Matt Stafford. Granted, he can obviously go 97 yards down the field. It doesn't matter where you put him. Um, that offense is incredible. So I don't fault him if it would have been fourth and one if it I'm this kind of in the same boat as him if it would have been closer obviously I I think you need to be a little more aggressive there because you know the Rams are going to put up points but fourth and two just seemed a little bit risky to me even given the weapons they have um in the run game but 
as far as him not being aggressive enough, I definitely believe that. Um, I think he tends to play it safe in situations like that, even though I just said I agreed with that one. There have been multiple times throughout the season where, like I said, <laughs> he's being asked about this a lot. Why didn't you go for it? Or, you know, uh, why didn't you take this chance? And it, it's usually a pretty safe answer. So I think that's just his style of coaching. Um, but, you know, it's not paying off right? Like at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan is a good coach, but he's not going to be a great coach until he's able to win that big game and not give up double digit leads in the fourth quarter. I mean, this has become almost his legacy. And I do think he's a great coach, but I think in the eyes of the NFL and, and fans and even maybe some 49er fans, like he really hasn't proven himself yet in terms of of being that, you know, super caliber, high caliber coach that we know that he is. It just hasn't manifested itself yet because I think he is a little um, safe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also had no issue with him not going for it on fourth and two um, for pretty much the same reason you mentioned. They were up at the time. I'm okay with it. Several points this season, they have looked to their defense to finish games for them. And a lot of the times it's worked for them, right? And in fact, the defensive drive after that was the one in which Tart dropped that interception. So imagine had that happened, Kyle Shanahan would have been right in his his thinking. Um, So I, you know, I don't fault him. Um, I think it's it's so hard because the defense has literally come through every like all season like this team is the defense it always has been the defense and it just goes to show it's exactly what we talked about you have to win two of those three groups right offense defense special teams defense defense faltered so did offense game over um they have to pick each other up and unfortunately, the offense did not do that for the defense as the defense has done for the offense all season. Yeah, it's a, it's almost like the defense is so good to a fault that Kyle Shanahan depends on them almost too much to win these games. It's almost like he's like, we can win this without getting any more points. Like, we just need to stop them. When yeah. in reality, you there is an element of like you have to be aggressive, you have to be able to close out games, and that does involve scoring points in the fourth quarter. There's a ridiculous, um, you know, tweet I saw, and Zane Zane 49ers tweeted this. Um, it says, Please correct me if I'm wrong, but going back to his days as an OC in Washington. Kyle Shanahan's offensive units have scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter in the playoffs with Washington zero Atlanta two with San Francisco zero 10 total quarters. That's two touchdowns in the 150 minutes of play in the fourth quarter. Like that's just an, that's mind boggling. That's insane for, for a coach who is as, you know, I, you know, I hold him in a high regard, um, in terms of his like offensive play calling and he just kind of turns into a little shell like in the fourth quarter Damn. like it's 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 kind of it's weird um and it's, it's so it's weird trend. it's a trend like it's it's a right. thing 
This isn't how just are like, we how are we supposed to be like oh the offensive wizard like when we see that stat right there it's like it two plus two does not equal four um I, don't know. I think I just made up that analogy you guys know what Love I meant it. we'll use it but forever. like it's it's crazy like you know watching the fourth quarter back where was Debo Samuel like yeah the last yeah. two possessions they're throwing the ball. Like, why are we throwing the, why is Jimmy passing the ball? Like I just so many questions. I'm not an NFL head coach, so I'm not going to slander Kyle Shanahan. I know he was doing everything he could to win that game. Of course he was, but to me, you should give the ball to the best player on your team when you're looking for a game winning drive. And they didn't do that a single time when the game was tied. So just absolutely bonkers absolutely bonkers they didn't do it when on the last possession when they were trying to to get back up and and tie it so it's just like it was really disappointing to watch because we've seen so many times these these comebacks that they've had and you're expecting it and then to see the the game plan they rolled out there for those last two possessions it was just yeah really really puzzling yeah because because the in other games this season there there have been times where they've really only needed one drive to like you know win the game right and this time they had two and they nothing like they they couldn't get anything the rams played really well that's what they did we have to remember like sometimes you just have to freaking tip your cap and be like good game but it is frustrating like you said at the beginning of the episode this was a winnable game and it seems like every single game the 49ers lost this season was so winnable so you know being that close that many Mm -hmm. times does give me hope for next season but just like really frustrating (laughs) yeah a couple more uh stats on you know just Kyle Shanahan in the fourth quarter over the last three seasons 49ers are three and two with the lead of 10 or more points in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. The rest of the league is 23-0. And the 49ers' losses have been, of course, the Super Bowl um, versus the Chiefs, which happened two years ago today, and the NFC Championship game on Sunday. Um, the biggest uh, games of... <laughs> and then here, here's, an, here's another crazy one. Um, and I hope he sees this or hears about this in, in some capacity. Hope he watches. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> he's been outscored in the fourth quarter 53-0 to zero in last three playoff losses. 53-0. to zero. No points in the fourth quarter in the last three me. playoff losses. It's just like, <laughs> my guy, my guy. I am like... Okay. You know, it's wild. Like it's everyone is either like it's Kyle Shanahan's fault or it's Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. Like those are the only two people to blame for that. Do you agree with that? Uh, I, I mean, I do agree. And I, I actually have some like Jimmy Garoppolo stats he's equally as terrible in the fourth quarter (laughs) but the reason the reason that I think that it goes beyond Jimmy Garoppolo or that I think it goes beyond who Kyle Shanahan has at his disposal is because this goes further back than you know his tenure here as head coach It, it goes back to you know as as Zane pointed out in that tweet goes back to Washington. It goes back to Falcons. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a pattern again that goes beyond, you know, just Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, uh, for for the audio listeners, listeners, do you want to read that that stat? Yeah, yeah. So the stat I have up for the audio listeners: um, Jimmy Garoppolo went three for nine for thirty yards and an interception in the fourth quarter on Sunday. In six playoff starts, Garoppolo has a twenty-eight passer rating in the fourth quarter ranking last among 69 quarterbacks with 30 or more fourth quarter passes in playoffs since 1991. That's crazy. Yeah. Bad. That's bad. But you know, yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I'm not sure what to say. Um, I mean, yeah, let's move on. But I did want to, Um, talk about Debo Samuel you mentioned Debo Samuel how he didn't get the ball in the fourth quarter the last 12 minutes of play um we the one thing I want to ask because obviously oh fuck sorry my microphone (laughs) um obviously it's uh outrageous that Debo Samuel didn't get the ball in the fourth quarter and and it's interesting as well it's just odd because we were what two weeks um, removed from Debo Samuel telling coach, like, give me the ball and him like scoring pretty much um, that, that touchdown against the Cowboys. So what happened, what happened in this game? Like did Debo Samuel not ask for the ball? Did, does he need ask for the ball? Like that's what I was about to say. Like, why are, why hurt? do we even like, have to ask for the ball? Um, what, I don't like, think he was hurt. I think we would have heard about it. I think it's just, it was odd. Stupid. Like, that's, that's all I can think of to say. It's like I said, like 10 minutes ago, why aren't you giving the ball to your best player? Um, It was horrible. It was horrible. Debo Samuel has had an amazing season. People are starting to ask, will we ever see a season like this from Debo Samuel again, or just from any player really? Cause it's been a very unique um, year for him. I honestly feel like this Debo Samuel season and and how it ended. Like, I am like, I feel like I'm mourning a death, and I know that sounds crazy, but like to see him sitting on the bench crying after that game, knowing what he did this season and how hard he worked and how he gave it his absolute all, and not only that, but like successfully gave it his absolute all and became a star of the NFL. Like who wasn't talking about Debo Samuel this season? No one. He became so many people's favorite players that don't even root for the 49ers. That's how incredible he was this season. Um, I just feel really bad for him, but I think, yeah, I think he's going to keep this up. I think he's going to be a huge part of the game plan next season um, with Trey Lance still adjusting, you know, they're going to need to score points and Debo is a great way to do that when you give him the ball, Kyle Shanahan. So I think I think the sky's the limit. I'm hoping that Kyle Shanahan is just now realizing the potential of Debo and and what you can do with him. And I think hopefully that they just began to open that playbook this season and hopefully can do more with it next season because Debo said, yeah, I want to keep playing wide back. I want to keep this role that I've established for myself, not only on the 49ers, but in the NFL and had a legendary season because of it. So um, we'll see how he holds up. We know that he's a guy that tends to get injured. So I hope that they 
don't overdo it, but um, I, I sure think that he could have another great season like this next year. I, I agree with you, Angie. I'm actually surprised by all the people that are saying like, we'll never see anything like this again. It, Cause I, I understand where that's coming from, but at the same time, Debo Samuel is how old is he? Like 26, 27, like not even, I think he's like at least 26. I'll look but it up. He's, he's young. He's young is my point. And it, it's, it's almost, I, I know people don't mean to say that in an insulting way, but it's almost insulting to 26. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's almost insulting to who he is and who he's become to think that he's not capable of doing this again. Um, so I, I think you're right, Angie. I, I think like this is just the beginning for him. We've seen him grow so much in just this season alone. And I think he's really going to look to carry that into next season. Oh, Obviously yeah. this meant a lot to him. I mean, we, we saw it, you know, on, on the sidelines and, he, he's going to carry that with him. So, oh, yeah. He's going to be back know, with a vengeance. I'm, exactly. So, I'm, you know, I feel good about him being able to replicate something similar to this. Now, how his role may or may not change w- with Trey Lance in the picture is yet to be seen. Like, who who knows what that's going to look like? It'll be exciting maybe. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll see him catch some more passes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Down exactly. <laughs> exactly, which will definitely, I think, help with you know his durability and you know keep making sure that he's not right. getting too too banged up. Um, because yes, I'm, yeah, let's let's switch it up. Maybe every every other year, you know, we take turns. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, one year he's like more of a running back. One year he's he's more of a receiver. You know, who knows? Hey, I'm still saying try him at QB or or cornerback. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? We might see that a little bit more. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we we've we've talked about now like certain plays or you know things like Debo not getting the ball too much that are you know surface area reasons why the 49ers you know may have lost this game. But I really do think it goes beyond just a play or you know a quarter, right? And I think we we mentioned it earlier, Angie, like we think the Rams played a great game. And um, one thing I think that they did really well was they neutralized the 49ers, both sides of the ball in the trenches. That that was their formula for success um, pretty much, you know, all season. And you like to see the Rams pretty much beat the 49ers at their own game. I mean, like I, I'm obviously upset the 49ers weren't able to win. Yeah, you got to tip your cap. Like I can't even <laughs> be that mad. Like they did, they did what they needed to do. Um, the run game could not really get anything going. Nearly half of the 49ers' runs went for one yard or less. Like when, when have we seen that? And and it's funny because there's so many teams who have tried to stop the 49ers in this way. Like we've we've seen a lot of teams try to stack the box against the 49ers. It yeah. just wasn't working. It wasn't working. Um and and the Rams were able to do that very effectively. And so again, gotta tip your cap. I mean, what did you think about the Battle of the Trenches and, and how that was lost? I mean, 
you can see it happen right in front of you, right? Um, I mean, you pointed out that half of their runs went for one yard or less. We're not used to seeing that. So, I mean, right away, you know, it's going to be a game again, just like the last time we played them in week 18, where, oh, Jimmy's going to have to pass the ball. So um, it didn't surprise me because I, we pretty much saw the the same thing the last time we played them. They were able to neutralize the run pretty well. But in week 18, even though they were able to neutralize the run, Kyle didn't go away from it. Um, he stuck with it. And the Niners ultimately ended up winning that game. I feel like I feel like they still could have ran a lot more than they did, um, even though it seemed like it was a lost cause. I don't know, just in games past when when Kyle doesn't give up on the run, even when it does seem like it's not working it always seems to end up working in the end. So I wish he would have stuck with it a little more. I'm just not confident in the 49ers passing game at all. I mean, Jimmy made some stupid throws. Uh, that one throw to Brandon Ayuk into double coverage when George Kittle was wide open right next to him was insane. So just stuff like that. I just want to see this team always run the ball. Um, and Kyle's usually more creative with it too. Like we didn't see one trick play that yeah. entire game. Um, yeah which is like really weird for us, you know, usually he can pull something out where it's like, Oh my God, you know? So uh, it was, it was disappointing, but I wasn't surprised because I mean, the Rams knew exactly like everyone knows the Niners game plan. So it's not surprising to me that the third time that they played this season, they finally got the Niners number. Yeah, actually um, really quickly before we talk more about like, you know, the battle of the trenches. Um, this comment by Dawson. Did you guys think Kyle tried everything he can do to win the game? Play calling seemed weird. And and you just, what you said just now, Angie, like, you know, made me think of this. And I definitely felt the same way. Last week in like our, our preview episode, I predicted that the score was going to be really high. It was going to be like 40 points. And, and some of that just came, <laughs> some of that came from just like, me knowing one that you know he he always goes in his bag against the Rams right and then also like just his his past um NFC championship games and so like I I really was expecting that and I I don't think we saw anything special anything it just out of felt the ordinary dead. the whole yeah, game like there, felt dead to there me. was there there was nothing that looked like okay, like, you've been working on this. Like, you know, like, you you drew this up just for this game. Like, Yeah, yeah. There was, there was nothing, you know, extraordinary about what they try to put out there. And who knows? Maybe that is because, you know, the offensive line was getting worked. Um, right, right. He was under pressure a lot. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he was 2 of 10 for 33 yards and an interception when pressured. And what I have up here on the screen, I'm going to try to make this a little bit bigger, um, 49ers offensive line pressures almost doubled in this game on Sunday compared to their Week 18 game. And so, obviously, when you look at that, you can't really expect the same level of success. And I always feel like, you know, losing in the trenches is like, it, it, it's a slow death almost like, because it's just going to keep happening all game, you know? And yep. 
you know, eventually if, someone's going to give up. <laughs> right. If it's happening at the beginning of the game, by the end of the game, you're you're done for. Right. It's a bit demoralizing. Not not great. Also, because they went in the trenches, the Rams were able to control uh, the time of possession. The Rams ran 76 plays compared to the 49ers 50. And again, that's something that I noticed in the first half. And that's something those, those are things that have happened in, in games with the 49ers before. Right. They start off kind of slow and it, you, they go into halftime and you're like, OK, they're going to make adjustments. It's It'll be fine. But going into halftime, I I don't know if it's that I didn't see adjustments or it was just that the Rams just like they their formula was working, you know? Exactly. And that's what I just want us and like everyone to remember because it's so easy to just like blame, 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 angry, angry, angry when really like a lot of the time you can be like, it's the Rams, you know, Um Matt Stafford wasn't the problem in Detroit and he's come to LA and been the opposite of a problem. He's been an asset. Um, the throws he makes the team that they built over there in LA from top to bottom by being aggressive with trades and not giving a shit about draft picks, it's paying off and you can't deny it. So, I mean, we could go all day and say how the 49ers could have won this game, but at the end of the day, like the Rams, did what they needed to do and then some because the 49ers as crazy as the season has been they were a good team this season and we really felt like we if we got to the Super Bowl we had a fair shot um so I don't know I'm just I'm just spewing <laughs> yeah um I mean I guess like if there's any way to lose you at least like the 49ers went out with some like dignity and like obviously like oh my god yeah like and like the rams like the fact that you know they played so well and we we can't really do anything but tip our cap to them like that it to me personally is better than you know the 49ers losing it on their own just I don't shitting know. the bed completely. Yeah, they just, yeah. They like they sharded the bed, but they didn't fully shit the bed. So <laughs> it could yeah. be worse. It it could have been worse, I guess. That's just been our motto of the decade. It, it could be worse. Um, like, can it? Um <laughs> yeah. But, but um, well, the good news <laughs> is that first round draft pick that we have coming up is number 29 so it doesn't hurt that much um I mean obviously any pick in the first round is good but at least it wasn't like like the Niners turned their season around and yeah and gave the Dolphins a low pick so yeah cool. for sure for sure, <laughs> for sure. um yeah I mean in in Cooper Cup wow like I just I can't even there's there's not much there's not yeah like there's not much I can say like and and I know Rich said like Cooper Cup is is a player who's gonna get his, but my God, did he get his? Like um... he burnt every single <laughs> 49ers player during that game. Like he, I'm pretty sure he burnt each secondary player during that game at least once. Like um, for big plays, he's all over the field. Yeah, yeah, and it it did seem like OBJ was quite a bit of a match for Ambry Thomas as well. 
they both combined for 20 catches, 225 yards, and uh, Cup had the two touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they did That's their thing, of, man. A lot of they Amory Thomas just, like, running around like this, like, with no one around him and people just making plays. And he had that one PI at the beginning of the game. Um, thought we were past yeah. that, but – it's okay, dude. I still, I still think there's good things to come from him. You know, we'll, I hate, I hate when people comment breaking news in the chat and it distracts me because Ryan just said Harbaugh's returning to Michigan. Holy and he will shit! Not so be is that like the Vikings? Oh shit! Okay, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty notable. Yeah. Um, but you Sorry, know, I got the, excited. the no, you're fine. The good. <laughs> Thing about that because literally the next thing I was going to talk about is news after the game and one of those was going to be that D'Amico Ryans he actually pulled his name out of the Vikings head coaching search so this news doesn't exactly you know affect us too much thankfully um, yeah. and certainly doesn't affect any other NFL teams but I would have loved to see um, Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL God, <laughs> I Steph, I was like celebrating, dude. You don't understand how much I love that guy. Like, oh man, uh, Harbaugh yeah. saw Kirk and was like, "Nope, that's funny, Austin." <laughs> LOL. Hey, I like Kirk. I mean, I do make fun Me of too. him sometimes, but like, I, I he's think a he's, he's a good quarterback. He, he's solid, man. I just thought it. I was funny. I was like explaining to my boyfriend Seth last night in the kitchen. I was like with the conspiracy board. I was like. Jim Harbaugh used to coach the 49ers and then he left and Kyle Shanahan came here and he wanted Kirk Cousins to be his quarterback. And now Jim Harbaugh is going to the Vikings and is going to have Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan's going to murder Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> the, the simulation would have been too crazy. I know. At that point. I, know. I think that's but. why they had to veto that. They're like, <laughs> yeah. we can't have this. It's too chaotic. Uh, uh, anyway, um, that was, that's too bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure it is. Um, but more news that happened after the game. The other coach, as we know, Mike McDaniel, that is still, you know, in the mix to potentially be um, poached from the 49ers. Um, he is still being courted by the Dolphins, and he is having his second interview on Friday per Mike Silver. And he's one of two finalists, so that's that's what scares me the most. Of course, we saw what unfolded this week with uh, Brian Flores and you know his lawsuit against the NFL and the Dolphins and Giants. Get personally, them. personally, I if I was Mike McDaniel, I wouldn't I wouldn't go anywhere near uh, Miami right now. You and ain't paying so me to lose, <laughs> right? It's like that. That's screams like such a red flag to me and but it's a it's so easy to say that Steph <laughs> when you're not being offered a head coaching job in the yeah, NFL but, but Angie Angie like every every like Kyle Shanahan protege has like gone on to become a head coach and has been like highly sought after like and his time will come like, he can take his pick yeah this is and this was one season after like i don't know his no his one talent, knew who he was really two and, seasons ago so yeah, exactly and so like in this cycle he's only been what was he interviewed for like two 
teams or yeah i can't think of the other one if there was one i i'm bad yeah but um chat that number would just increase like you're 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 on the 49ers. You're coaching with Kyle Shanahan. This team is going to be good. This offense, like. I would want to stay and win a Super Bowl with Kyle personally. <laughs> I would. That's just me. And Trey Lance. But that's just me. Yeah. And I mean, they're pro- they could win one next year because um, Trey Lance will no longer be a rookie. And I heard that rookies can't win Super Bowls. So now that he's not a rookie, should be good to go. Yeah, exactly. And it would, it would, I think it would say a lot about like him if he's able to, um, you know, be successful with a quarterback like Garoppolo and then a quarterback like Trey Lance, who are like completely different. So, like, it just shows, like, you know, how versatile you can be as a coach. I Um, thought you were going to say it would just show like how good of a person he is. And like how much he loves Kyle if he stayed. No, he well went a probably normal prob- route. Probably that too. I mean, that's got to be part of it. They've literally no, but been, you're absolutely correct. You know, like this, stuck at the hip at every every place that Kyle Shanahan has gone. So I don't French. know, man. Do you, do you really want to let that go? No, I don't know. <laughs> Friends are hard to come by. Especially yeah, in the exactly. National Football League. Sounds like exactly. an intro to like an HBO well, drama. <laughs> a 30 for 30 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, we're still keeping our fingers crossed. Like, who who knows what's going to come of that? Hopefully, for selfish reasons, hopefully Mike McDaniel will choose to stay with the 49ers at least another year. We'll see what happens. Um, if he enough- leaves really quick, do you think Kyle will just be head coach, offensive coordinator? Like, or do you think? I don't, I don't know. Like, the- because like he's, he's already like technically the offensive coordinator, right? Like, right. He, that's he what makes, I'm- but it's more so like Mike McDaniel helps him so much with like preparation and, you know, all that other stuff. So, so he needs, whatever he the hell they someone. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm sure they'll there'll be someone else in line um for that role. We'll we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, Wes um, Walker would be great. Dawson. Sorry, I'm just reading the chat. <laughs> potentially. I don't know why I said potentially. Potentially. Potentially, <laughs> potentially yes. He has a chance. I mean, everyone has a chance. Um everyone has a chance. Uh, another coach, the assistant offensive line coach, Butch Berry, he was just hired today by the Broncos to, um, coach their offensive line. So good for him. They'll be looking for a replacement there. And I have, we have to talk about this, um, because it, it came up today. Um, there was a report by, uh, what's his I don't, I don't remember his name uh, <laughs> it was confirmed by our 49ers beat reporters that's well one one part of the report was, was oh confirmed. right right um, I'll look up his name while you talk about it okay perfect so basically John Embry who is the 49ers uh assistant head coach and tight ends coach uh it's been reported he will not be back uh as 
you know, with the 49ers next season. And the original report that came out, and, and Angie's pulling up the name, um, <laughs> faster, Angie, come on. Uh, <laughs> Solomon uh, Solomon Wilcott's Solomon Wilcott's okay. <laughs> okay, so that man that man said that the 49ers were letting him go and they asked him to take salary. a 16 per, 60% pay cut, which yeah, is unheard- Didn't he say like this is how of. black coaches are treated in the NFL, yes. which yep. He's Damn right. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, obviously we don't know the details of what happened or anything, but it's not a good look and it's terrible timing. Yeah. Especially yeah. given that what he said. And it, it one, it was weird that it's it was not the original report did not come from anyone near the 49ers like the beat writers, Mayoko, Matt Barrows did not chime in to it until like hours later yeah and by then people had already speculated quite a bit and one thing i noticed is mayoko and and barrows were pretty careful to not say that he was fired so they said he just would not be returning right so there's been no mention of him having been fired and 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 mayoko and barrows both did not mention anything about a pay cut and they i mean obviously didn't mention anything about it being potentially racially motivated for one personally i mean i don't know what to think about that one the you know i think that that's a stretch to suggest that that's that's what fueled that decision the 49ers have one of the most diverse coaching staffs probably in the NFL what what do you think, Angie? <laughs> um, it's hard. It's a touchy subject. Obviously, I right. just look at like past treatment of underrepresented coaches, um, like women, and what those past coaches have said about the team and how they were treated. So, I don't think we will know the full story, and I don't think right. it's fair to speculate. Um. I'm just trying to say like that like both ways don't assume that you know whether it's good or bad, you know, because you can think that your team is awesome for for hiring a female coach and then they can make her sit at the back of the plane. So like you never know what's going on behind closed doors, but I'm interested. Um, I'm hoping that with the waves this made on the internet today that um, the reporters get to the bottom of it and what actually happened because, yeah. you know, this was the guy that that discovered George Kittle um, and developed him into the player that he is today, which, you know, arguably, depending on who you ask, he's the best tight end in the NFL. Um, so I don't know. And I know they were close. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. It- it will be, and yeah, hopefully we we get a little bit more clarity on what went down. But honestly, I'm I wouldn't count on it. I mean, you mentioned like the departure of other coaches, and we we've never heard Still don't what know, happened yeah. <laughs> um, with with Katie Sowers. So who knows? We'll we'll just we'll see. Obviously, we'll hear more about you know potential 
uh, replacements for John Embry. And man, I I just got to think that George Kittle, like, man, that that's tough. Like, first you're losing your BFF Jimmy Garoppolo, and you know which you know probably saw it coming, but doesn't make it any any less right. uh, difficult. And then your your tight end coach who he thinks highly of being lost both in the, the same off season. People so. are floating now after all this has happened, they're floating um, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle trade packages. Oh Lord. Wow. <laughs> Which I think is absolutely absurd. I don't think George Kittle wants it's to or is going absurd. anywhere, but people get ahead of themselves. You know how it is. Pretty absurd. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't even want to get into that. Not entertaining <laughs> like, it. I'll just get, in a, get into, we could really get into the weeds of conspiracy theories. I mean, you know that. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the other bit of news, Jimmy Garoppolo, he will require surgery on his thumb. I don't think I've heard anything else about another 49er requiring surgery, so that is a Plus, it seems like obviously the rest and the off season yeah, will good. will be good for we them. We got out fairly unscathed. Yeah, I mean, you know, they like and like we'd mentioned, like they started getting healthier towards the end of the season, and yeah, like everyone's banged up at this point, but you know, it's not it's not bad. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. but of course we we have to end this episode talking about jimmy garoppolo we haven't talked about him too much in this episode and i mean it it seems very clear at this point that the jimmy garoppolo era in san francisco is coming to an end and nothing made that clearer than jimmy garoppolo's final presser on tuesday uh, where he pretty much said bye to the fans. And, I mean, it, it just made it seem real. Like, I'm sure at at this point we've all seen a clip from that uh, press conference. And the the one that stood out the most was his goodbye to the fans. Um, and I wish I could play the video because I, I had it. But, um, yeah, having technical difficulties. But... You know, he basically he he gave a, a goodbye to the 49er fans and it's been fun. It's been a hell of a ride, pretty much were his words. Um Angie, <laughs> you're looking a little sad over there, Angie. Oh uh, how are you feeling? It's a like many Niner fans, I'm sure it's a mixed bag of emotions. Um yeah. I think sure. not in his not in his last press conference, but one that was it was either after it was after the game uh, when you know we still knew it was his last game he was just talking about his career in San Francisco he said he had no regrets which kind of (laughs) like rubbed me the wrong way I'm like you don't regret losing the Super Bowl but (laughs) like I'm just a bitch but um (laughs) that 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 last presser yesterday got me I'm not gonna lie and it's like he's just a great person and no one will ever be able to take that away from him and I think that's like something that he should always be so proud of is how he handled his time in San Francisco um 
you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't a good enough quarterback to get us our sixth Super Bowl championship. But like he was healthy for two seasons with us and he gave us two winning seasons when he was healthy. Um, So it like was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You know, this isn't anything that hasn't been said already. He brought this franchise back to relevance after the Harbaugh era. Um, it, 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 it's a little sad. It's like the end of an era, but it's, you know, we're talking about it. I don't know if you want to say what you compared it to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, I basically said it's, it's like a breakup. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. It's, it's like, you know, a a mutual breakup, a mutual breakup. Like, you know, it wasn't, the right time or like you know whatever the circumstances were you you just know it wasn't right but it's still sad right like and you can't help but reminisce about all the good times and and naturally that's that's what happens at any A lot of good ending, times. ending of anything but yeah i think now that it's then we know that it's over we can we can really reflect on you know those good times because in the moment you're, you're just thinking about the present and there's sure there's plenty to criticize on his play. Like you said, one thing that we can't take away from him is how good of a person he has been. And I think like that that's been so clear, like this season, the situation that he's been put in, especially with, with Trey Lance, like that's a difficult situation. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> like I can't, I can't even imagine what what that could have been like, and for him to, you know, be a class act the entire step of the way, you know, I I just can't say enough about that, and I can't imagine how much that has done for Trey Lance. There's no 49er fan that can say there was never a moment that Jimmy Garoppolo brought them joy. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite Jimmy G moment? Um, probably, okay, I don't have, like, one specific moment, and I know a lot of fans will probably agree with me on this, that, like, 2017, just him coming to this team, this 0-8 team, who was fucking terrible, (laughs) and just, just igniting, you know, excitement back into the <laughs> chaos um excitement back to the fan base and you know he he really did help spark something in in the 49ers which they didn't have before and and I think he was he was awesome in in those those final five games of that season and I mean you mentioned before he he tore his ACL like he was like a different quarterback I truly believe like that ACL like really like messed with him probably like mentally but um yeah that that season was was really special those last five games yeah um I have to agree with you excellent choice I went back and forth with this like there's like you said like you don't realize how many good moments there were I think that we'll be saying feels great baby for the rest of our (laughs) lives like that was iconic and that Halloween game was really fun but um, mine does come from that that 2019 season, and it's that that game against the Saints when you know a, a win gives us home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and we needed to come out and do work against one of the best teams in the league, and they absolutely did. And it wasn't 
just the team like Jimmy Garoppolo excelled that game. He absolutely killed it. It was like, I have never seen him play like that before, before that. And I never saw him play like that (laughs) after that, you know, but it was just such a good game. And it kind of reminded you of like, what he was capable of. I wish that he could have bottled that up and, you know, carried it with him this season, um, you know, and, and stayed healthy and stuff. But that Saints game, I mean, I think he threw for over 400 yards. He had a 75 yard pass to Manuel Sanders. Um, he, like he was throwing down the, it was just, I mean, you remember watching it and, and it came down to the wire and that was like that game. And, uh, the Packers divisional round game from a couple weeks ago are two of my favorite Niner games uh, from the Jimmy Garoppolo era. era. Um, and it truly is the end of an era, but there's so much to look forward to with Trey Lance. I did want to do just a little fun, like sentimental cap or no cap. Okay. <laughs> if you, you want to play with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, Trey Lance said that Jimmy G is going to be one of his best friends for the rest of his life, cap or no cap? I think that's no cap. I mean, like, them both, you know, going through this season together. Because I don't think it was an easy thing for Trey Lance to – to experience either like it's got to be awkward like he didn't he didn't choose to be in a quarterback controversy right Trey Lance Mm -hmm. was just drafted here and like obviously there's there are a lot of people who are very fond of Garoppolo and wanted to see him start over Trey Lance and you know that that's fair um you know just just saying I think it's something that they kind of I'm sure bonded over being you know, experiencing it together. So I think it's, it's true. And, and obviously Garoppolo is a very friendly, likable guy. I mean, everyone in that locker room seems to like him as a person, like no doubt about that. So uh, it's not hard to believe at all. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like crying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If you don't like, know, I'm a very emotional person. Um, Yeah, definitely no cap. And I think like, it's just the perfect that quote is just the perfect like bridge into mm-hmm. Trey's career as the starter. Like, um I don't it's just it's beautiful, dude. It's just beautiful. <laughs> I can't beautiful. believe I just can't believe like we started this podcast over a, uh, about a less than a year ago. Yeah, Almost a year like, ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't a little know. over a year ago, I think. Like we didn't even know who they were gonna draft, you know? <laughs> and yeah. Uh now we're here and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance are apparently best friends. And I think it's gonna he's gonna be someone that he can lean on during these these years coming up, which are probably gonna be really hard for him. Hopefully not, but there's gonna be a lot of pressure on him. And if there there's literally no one in the NFL that would be better to help him with that pressure and with that thick skin that he's going to need than Jimmy Garoppolo. No one, no one in the NFL has thicker skin than Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I think that's just a fact and Trey Lance is lucky to have him. Honestly, fuck it. We were lucky to have him like what a wild ride. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, it, it's been it's been great. It's it's been amazing. Like, you know, it, it's kind of like Alex Smith. It's funny because like we kept saying like, yeah, this this situation is nothing like you know Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith, right? Because obviously we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. He he might not be you know Patrick Mahomes level, but we do know that character wise, like Jimmy Garoppolo is probably up there with the Alex Smiths of the world, right? And, um, and Alex that, Smith took his fair share of criticism. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and 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 that's why I think we appreciate him so much, and and why I think we'll appreciate Jimmy Garoppolo so much because we know, like, we know how much shit they had to go through, and how much like shit talking from us fans, um, even even me and you, Angie included, like Hell you yeah. know, <laughs> directed. Um, probably both of their ways like when when they were quarterbacks for um the 49ers so you know now we could look at it fond memories and be more appreciative of you know what they've done for this team yeah yeah it's definitely easier when you remove yourself from the emotion of it all and the losses and and the bad parts and and reflect on the good which is we have stuff should we have been doing that this whole time It's just it's just crazy because like I watching watching his presser, like I I did not think I would be like that emotional about it. And like it's funny because when no. I posted the even when I posted the video after, there are so many people like kind of saying the same thing, like, wow, like I I didn't think I'd be sad about this. Like, yeah. And like I said, if you were oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like I said, it's perfect analogy. Like it's like a breakup. It's like it's it's still sad, even if you kind of wanted it to happen. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it would be so much easier if he were an asshole or if he were this outspoken per you know, like there yeah, think of like but I'm glad he a Johnny Manziel or you know, like yeah, like he's he he's not a diva. He never he never like addressed the criticism toward him once. like stays off social media keeps to himself like we don't really know much about him we just know him as a football (laughs) player which I made it so easy to just view him as a football player and I think what this final season and these last few games and this final press conference has done is just reminded everyone that he's a damn human so um shout out Jimmy G Shout out Jimmy. Obviously, like we we Hi, hope Jimmy. nothing for the <laughs> no, please don't. Um, obviously, like we we hope nothing but the best for him moving forward. I mean, me and Angie, like we're gonna keep doing this uh podcast thing. So even though this is our last game review of the season, we have plenty more to talk about after this. We're gonna talk about, you know, potential landing spots for Garoppolo, I'm sure. Most of this off season, that'll be a hot topic. So, you know, we're not done talking about him yet. So, you know, it's not that sad. Um, but Angie, like before we head out, I just have to say this. This has been such a great year to cover with you. Yeah. And this has been an awesome first experience of me doing a podcast ever. So uh, I'm just excited to, you know, keep it going and keep talking about our favorite team. Yeah, dude, you're awesome. This is, like you said, we couldn't have picked a better season. Like, so much to talk about, so (laughs) much success, so much excitement. Honestly, Niners aside, 
best NFL season I can remember in years. It came down to, you know, those last few weeks and all three playoffs has been so exciting. And for us to get to talk about it has been a blast. And I hope the the Super Bowl keeps up the excitement next weekend. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to watch, but um, yeah, what? hopefully. <laughs> I, I don't know if Are I want to watch it. No, watch no, it. I don't know. I don't know. Watch, I watch it. it it's going to hurt too much. It's going to hurt. I know. I want to see. Know. I want to see him win, and I don't think they will. So that's another reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. No faith. But, no faith um, in the Bengis. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll have a lot of off-season coverage for you guys. Obviously, like, thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always. Next week, we are going to have a season review episode. So we're going to kind of just like talk about the season as a whole and talk about what's next for this team because there's plenty of changes that are going to happen this offseason. Yeah, just have a good rest of your week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Tune in next week for that season review. And peace. peace.